0: Hey, turn to Mark 1. Mark 1. It's the end of our series uh, of Jesus, our best friend. And we're going to look at his, quote, I guess, quiet time. Today, basically, but, but it's not that. It's so much more than that. And as I was studying this passage, I got pretty excited about Jesus's day in his life and, and the impact and the turnaround of that. And then I also got excited and challenged by my own quiet time and, and maybe what it should really be. Compared to what i've made it so many times often we talk about quiet time kind of get convicted about that uh, Sometimes we feel like we've got to have this set time every single day It needs to follow a regimen. It needs to have an outline Maybe some of us to use devotional books and we're going to see that christ didn't really do any of that That really wasn't his format and there was a very specific reason for doing his quiet time the way that he did So we're going to tap into that But I think what's really important is to set the scene of what led jesus to that so look at mark 1 And let's begin in verse 21. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went in the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who possessed an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. And the evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all amazed and they said to each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. And news spread around him quickly over a whole region of Galilee. So Jesus goes into the synagogue. The way that this worked was that on what would be our Friday night, The shofar was sounded, the horn was sounded, when basically three stars, if it was a clear night, when three stars were seen in the sky, the horn would sound and they would immediately have the Sabbath meal. They would get up the next morning and go to synagogue. And this is where Jesus was. And the way the synagogue worked, at least according to what I saw, was that they began with the Torah. And they would have anywhere from three to seven readings. People would have been selected ahead of time to give those readings. And then there would be a passage read from the books of the prophets. Then there would be a short sermon. And that's what Jesus was giving here. When they got up, when he got up and they were amazed... It meant that they were impressed because when he spoke with authority, he spoke with confidence. Often the teachers would get up and would be very much in a humble state, in a quiet state, in a soft state. But Jesus obviously got up in a bold state. and His presence was bold. Now, I bet his voice was bold. And they were like, wow, this teaching's so amazing. He teaches with authority. And one of the things that Jesus did that was different from all the other teachers is that the teachers would quote everybody but themselves. And often Jesus would be quoting himself. Jesus was the word, right? He's the word. So when Jesus got up, he Basically like, allow me to quote myself. Because he knew the word. So he taught, but in the middle of his teaching, on the day of no work, a demon comes into the house. Causes a disturbance. Jesus says, be quiet, right? Be quiet. The demon obeys and comes out of him with a shriek. Now there's different ways to interpret scripture when it comes to... So what happened next when he says that word spread throughout all of Galilee? In the Paul Evans version, that's kind of like, you think? You think it spread? If somebody had a demon this morning, if you got one, don't raise your hand now. But if you had one and we cast it out and there was a shriek, you think this afternoon you guys might make some phone calls? You think that Facebook might light up with guess what happened? It'd be insane, right? Word would spread like crazy and word did spread. An interesting word here in the Greek as well. Is it says they were amazed by his teaching. And then afterwards it says that it, they were amazed again. Those are two different Greek words. The first word for amazed meant, wow. The second word for amazed meant afraid. They were scared because they saw the power. It's very similar to the scene in the boat when Jesus calmed the storm. That when they they were afraid, when they saw Jesus walking on the water, and then when he calmed the storm, they were afraid again. But the words used twice, they were afraid upon being afraid. They were twice as scared after the storm was stilled than before the storm because they were in the presence of of God. So he spoke with authority and then he demonstrated authority. This is Jesus' power, part one. His power, part one, is that he demonstrates his authority with with very physical power. Now look at Jesus' power, part two. As soon as they left the synagogue and they went to James and John's home of Simon, uh, went to the home of Simon and Andrew, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. They told Jesus about her, so he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Peter loved his mother-in-law. How many of y'all, this is dangerous. How many of y'all love your mother-in-law? All right. How many of you don't love, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand on that. Be like trouble, you know, because word's going to get out. Word will spread quickly. Peter loved his mother-in-law. Peter's mother in law sick and they don't go, I didn't like her much anyway. Just let her lay there in the fever. We're not going to worry about it. They went to Jesus. They like Jesus. Listen, I, and I'm making this up, guys, but it could have happened. Jesus, we had the Sabbath meal last night. We went to synagogue. We come home. We're hungry. And mama's laid out. Mama, how many of y'all are in charge of the food? All right, it's a critical moment. Jesus goes and heals her. And what does she do? She gets up and she, she serves. She serves them. We're still on the Sabbath. Jesus' power, part three, verse 32 That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. This is a fascinating passage to me. Because Jesus healed when? That morning. On the Sabbath. He healed that morning. Word spread all day. But because of their belief system, because of their stringent focus on the Sabbath, they didn't move till when? That night. We're not like that. Not in our society. Somebody's like, nose is running. Your nose running, baby. We got to get to the hospital. You know, we rush out. We got to get you some medicine. We got to change something right now. Sometimes I think maybe they were in the afternoon, and, and somebody's like, we got to get this boy some help. He's got the demon. And Mama said, no, nope, we got to wait till tonight. We got to wait till sundown. We got to wait till the Sabbath's over. Yeah, but if he has an outburst one more time, we're going now because they knew where Jesus was. But they didn't do something now. They didn't make a move now. Their belief system kept them trapped in now and waiting for later. Their belief said, we don't work on the Sabbath. Even though Jesus had done what that morning? He had healed, they had witnessed it, word is spread, and they said, We gotta wait for the blessing. We're gonna wait to go. We're gonna wait for the healing. Listen, you've been sick for 40 years, you can wait till tonight. That boy's had that demon all his life. He can wait till tonight. How many times do we just wait? We wait for the right time. We wait till the right moment. Now, I actually love that they had that strong a belief system, but Jesus had demonstrated that at this point it didn't really matter. He had already healed. I don't know if word spread about Peter's mother-in-law or not. I don't know who knew about that, but he healed her. So they had it all afternoon until it got dark, until sunset. How much do you think those folks waited all day? How much do you think that some of the kids were told, "Today's your day. Today's your day that you get well." And doesn't mention, but maybe some were lame. Today's your day. Today is your day to walk. And maybe some had a disease with with sores and they said, today's your day. Today's your day to be touched. Today's your day to be clean. Today's your day to be whole. But we got to wait till tonight. And I bet when tonight came, I bet the city was loud. I bet there were some rushing feet. I bet there were some dragging legs. I bet there were some crazy shrieks from the demon people. I bet the city was loud as they went to Jesus. They weren't quiet. I appreciate you guys' worship today because we got loud. They weren't quiet on their way to Jesus. They weren't like, let's sneak up on Jesus. They're like, this is your chance. Let's go. It's been sounded. The Sabbath is over. You get to be healed. So they show up. The whole town gathered at the door. I forgot to research this. I don't know what the whole town was, but I'm thinking it's more than three. This was bigger than slap out and Santuck. I'm saying that there were some folks that showed up at the door. The whole town showed up with the sick. I don't know if you've been to the hospital lately. There's not a lot of empty beds. If the sick of Montgomery showed up this morning, it'd be a lot. Somewhere in the neighborhood of a lot. I did the count. The whole town showed up. And Jesus healed many of various diseases. And he drove out. That's that's an active word. He didn't simply with a quiet word say, hey, I'm going to disperse all the demons at once. Be gone have a good day. He drove them out. There was power present. There was power that took place. You remember the, the scene when Jesus was going through the crowd and the woman crawls to him, touches the hem of the garment. He said, who touched me? Everybody's like, hey, there's a crowd here, man. What do you mean, who touched you? Could have been any one of us. He said, I perceived that the power went out from me. I don't know what that means. But in my mind, in my little mind... I think he noticed that if the power went out maybe there was like that moment of whoo huh felt that hmm drained how do you think Jesus felt at the end of this day was he like bring some more do you think maybe maybe he was drained maybe he was like the Godhead in Genesis when on the seventh day he rested maybe he was drained I don't know for sure but in my mind it seems like maybe he was I mean, he had had a big work day for the Sabbath and the next night. Casting out demons, healing the mother-in-law, healing the town. So this is Jesus' day. It's pretty solid. I don't think many of us would be like, Jesus, got to talk to you about your Productivity. Man, you're holding back. We got to get you a little bit more productive. You're not doing enough. You're not busy enough. You ain't got enough going on. We'd say, wow, for the Sabbath, Jesus was busy. And most of us in our life, we say we're busy. I got too much going on. I'm never slowing down. I don't have any time to myself. I'm tired all the time. We're running to everything. Jesus healed the town. He healed the demon man. He healed the mother-in-law And he drove them out. There was presence. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house. He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Got no time for my quiet time. I'm busy. Got no time to pray, got to get going. Got lots going on. When was the last day that you cast out a demon, healed a mother-in-law, and healed a town? I'm saying we ain't got too much going on. We got a lot that we think is important. We've got a lot that we prioritize, and we do have a lot that's essential. But we've also got a lot going on that really isn't even necessary at all. But we love being busy. Americans kind of feast on that. And we feel bad if somebody asks us what we're doing and we say nothing, because that's not an appropriate answer. Jesus had a lot going on, but when did he what did he do? He got up very early in the morning. He went off by himself and he prayed. It was a priority for him because he needed to know what to do next. He needed to know what the next step was. He needed to know what his next assignment was. He needed to connect with the Lord to find out what was the priority. And when we live our own lives the way that we want to and everything's a priority, we don't seek the Lord. Often we don't have a quiet time, not because we're busy. We don't have a quiet time because we don't have anything important enough in our life to stop and seek the Lord. Because I think most of us will say when we've got that, that crisis, almost all of us stop. When we've got that crisis, we get on our knees. When we've got that crisis, we pray. But often in the day-to-day, our day-to-day life is not filled enough with a mission to feel like I need to go to the Lord today and find out what the Lord wants me to do today, right now. Jesus didn't have a crisis. He just wanted direction. And his mission was important enough to get up very early in the morning. To drive him to that. I think he's probably tired. But he got up. And so yeah. You can have your quiet time anytime you want to. It's not really about that today. It it doesn't matter. But I think that, that the key is. That we ought to have something that we're living for. That wakes us up in the morning. And drives us to our knees to say. Lord how do you want us to handle this day? Lord, how do you want me to connect with my coworkers today? Lord, how do you want me to connect with my kids today? Lord, how do you want me to connect with school today? Lord, what is it that you want? You see, Jesus over in John chapter 4, when the guys came back from town with lunch and, and Jesus said, I'm not hungry, they're like, somebody feed him. He said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about, that my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish his work. What if that was Paul Evans' mission? What if, what if my food was to seek God and finish his work? What if my mission was Matthew 28, 19 and 20? What if that was for real in my life? You think I might get up today and say, Lord, who you want me to, who you want me to share the gospel with today? You think I might get up anxious, excited, ready? Yeah, I probably would. Because my life would mean more because I was after a mission. I had a reason instead of an excuse of, you know, my life, my life's busy. Got lots going on. She's got up early. I think we should too, actually. I think we should get up early. I think we shouldn't just hit snooze on our alarm. I really think we ought to get up and seek the Lord. We got people in this chapter who waited all day long to be healed because they believed in the Sabbath. And we won't get up early to seek God and see what he wants us to do that day. Man, do those folks believe more in the Sabbath than we believe in seeking God's face and say, what do you want me to do today? What's your will? I know that's kind of tough. It's a little hard on us maybe. But I think we're also called to a higher standard. We're not called to, hey, convenient time. What's convenient for you for your quiet time? Paul? The Lord's never gone. Paul We're looking over your schedule. We're going to find a convenient time for you to study study my my word. We're just going to find out what's convenient for you. He's never done that. Can you believe it? He's never asked me one time what was convenient for me. It's amazing. Now, Simon, verse 36, and his companions went to look for him. They got out there like, Jesus, gone. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus, everybody's looking for you. You ever felt that pressure? Everybody's pulling on you. Everybody's calling you up with the next assignment. Everybody needs you. Lord, everybody's looking for you. That kid you healed last night, he wants you to sign his cane. Hey, you missed a couple of folks last night, Lord. We got to get you back. There's some more folks that need to be healed. There's prior, they were exclaiming, everybody's looking for you. You're being sought. Jesus had already gone away before everybody could find him. If we start our day when we want to, everybody's already found us. Family has found us. The boss has found us. Because we're right there. If we go away to solitude, people have to look for us. So they went and looked for Jesus. Everybody's looking for you. So all this is Jesus' prayer. His prayer was seeking the Lord. And then finally, we see Jesus' purpose. Verse 38, Jesus replied... Let us go somewhere else. Jesus, everybody's looking for you. This is the way we would be like. Everybody's looking for you. Really? Everybody, I'm needed. Everybody's looking for me? Everybody wants me? They ask for my recipe? They ask for me to come and do that because I was the only one that could do that? They really? And yeah, I'll be there. That's the way we we do. Yeah, man, yeah. Jesus, like, everybody's looking? Let's go somewhere else. Man. That's pretty strong. See, we get pulled in different directions and we can't say no to things because we don't know what our purpose is. When you know what your purpose is, you can say no. When you know what your purpose is and somebody calls you up and says, you need to do X, Y, and Z, you can say, hey, that's awesome. I think it needs to be done. I don't need to be involved. It's not my purpose right now. It's not my leading right now. It's okay to say that. Not every single time. Don't get like, you know, like now. You're like, nope, I didn't receive a word on that, so I'm not doing it. Not over the board, but if we know what our purpose is, we center in on it. Jesus said no to everyone. Why? Because he knew his purpose. Let's go somewhere else to the nearby village so that I can preach there also. Because that's why I've come. I know what my purpose is. I know why I'm here. I'm going to do that that I've been called to do. I'm going to go and preach to the next village. So he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. That's Jesus' purpose. He was there to preach. He was there to share that word. He was there to be about the Father's business. I want to challenge you tomorrow morning to get up early. To get up early. Say, God, what's your business today? You don't have to open the Bible. We don't have to. I think we need to study, absolutely. But tomorrow morning, why don't you just get on your knees and seek his face just in prayer, just like Jesus did. Just seek his face. Lord, what do you want me to do today? How do you want to use me today? Where do you want me to go today? You already know you're going to your work or you're going to your school. You know places that you're going already. But Lord, how are you going to use me there? Open up that door. Open up my eyes so that when I get in the middle of all my busy, that I can still see some stuff beyond me. That I can still see beyond my circumstances. That I can still see beyond my tasks. That I can still see beyond my to-do list. That I can still see beyond that. Because Jesus got up early. Went to a solitary place. He prayed. Because he was on purpose. I don't know what our assignment is. I don't know that that we're all going to receive something Individual. I think that the Word's pretty clear about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live and how He's called us. So our prayer may just be, Lord, help us live up to that. Help me be that. Our prayer may be seeking, Lord, what do you want me to do today? I think it might be a little bit different for some of us. It'll be different for me, quiet time wise. Because often quiet time for us is kind of a checklist, it's a to do, it's another busy item. And it's really supposed to be more of a calling and a seeking and a guiding and a listening and a loving of our Father. Different from every other conversation. Different from everything else on the list that we have to do. Maybe you feel out of touch with him this morning. Maybe you feel not close to the Lord. You don't want to seek him because you don't feel close to him right now. We're going to pray in just a minute. Paul Brandon's going to come and pray for us. And maybe you want to... To just lay that out this morning and say, I need to be reconnected with the Lord. Or maybe you need to seek him for the first time today and be immersed into Jesus Christ and name Jesus Christ your Savior. All of that is possible this morning. Or maybe you want to sit there and just challenge yourself as we sing. Challenge yourself and say, Man, what what does this message mean to me? What does the Lord want me to do? We saw Jesus' power. We saw three times where he worked, three times where he was busy, three times where he had to be exhausted. And we saw that he got up early the next morning and made his time, his relationship with the father, his priority. If you've got any need at all, why don't you come while we stand together, sing this morning.